0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Eyes on the Ride podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and this is the podcast that uncovers all of the things purposely hidden in plain sight by the secret societies, the occultists, Hollywood, and the mystery religions of old, then ties them back to scripture to understand the real truth behind them. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am excited today. I have Sam with me. I call her Sam, but it's Samantha Miley from MomStrong Sam. You guys heard her on the Deliverance podcast, and she is just a wealth of knowledge. And I wanted to have you back, Sam, because I just love our conversations. She's laughing I at do. me.
1: <laughs> I do know I love our conversations. We always joke if people like heard our voice notes, if they yeah. would... Either love it. or think we're crazy, but this is pretty much like going to be like our voice notes just on a podcast. So you guys get to just hear how we talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think those are the best and um, yeah. people get a glimpse inside. So today we're going to be talking about Planned Parenthood, feminism, the abortion agenda and, you know, singleness kind of Womanhood, really, we're going to touch on a lot of aspects. And at the end, we're going to bring some hope on how God can deliver us and set us free um, from some choices maybe we made in life and just either that or mindsets as well. So I'm ready for this. Are you ready, Sam?
1: I'm ready. I'm excited.
0: Okay. All right. So let's start out. Let's give a little bit of history. Let's start out with Planned Parenthood. And I know you know a lot about this. So kind of fill us in. What's the history of Planned Parenthood? And I'll tie in the Hollywood aspect.
1: Yeah. So Planned Parenthood actually was originally, before it became Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger was who kind of promoted this entire, she brought about birth control is really what it was. And so her um, company was called Birth Control League before Planned Parenthood. And so she was, once she kind of accomplished her goal of having an oral contraception, It's when they kind of transitioned into Planned Parenthood was how she kind of marketed it. And they placed these buildings in more lower income areas. And people, so, okay, right off the bat, if you don't know who Margaret Sanger is, you know, initially, they'll tell you in history books or, you know, in secular teaching that she's like a hero for women and she just kind of forged the way for all types of um. I don't know, freedom for women. Um, but when you dig into it, you recognize that it was it was literally pure evil what she kind of just dug her feet into and to the to the day she died, like she was staunch into this type of um just depopulating um uh, mindset. And all not just deep depopulating, but specifically she wanted to eliminate um various classes of people that she deemed not worthy or unfit is actually what they called it unfit um and that would be like african americans anyone who had any type of um um you know mental yeah abilities anything like that and so you know they they kind of moved forward with the progression of everything in planned parenthood tricking people into believing that it's for your health it's for your control of your reproductive system and the very people that they were targeting trying to persuade that this is you know for you to to benefit in life it's the people they were trying to eliminate um this is a very very evil everything about it it's when you peel it back you know it just gets worse and worse and Birth control, I mean, we're gonna get to that part where we talk about birth control, but initially, Planned Parenthood, it literally was about just population control. To this day, it's about population control. And you know what really stood out to me? Um, this this kind of blew my mind when God was kind of showing me that when we read scripture, he says his original plan for us was with family and being fruitful and multiplying to subdue the earth and have dominion, right? Right. That's what his plan was for us. So wouldn't it be just like the enemy to come in and give a counterfeit where their plan is also to have dominion and power, but instead of being fruitful and multiplying, it's literally dividing and having this population, depopulation, aspect to it so it's the literal opposite to what god had for us right he said be fruitful multiply they said no we're gonna depopularize the earth and um that's how we're gonna have dominion and power but we know that that's not not at all how he calls us to live and so it's just it's wild when you realize that Literally, God establishes something and Satan comes on the scene and tries to imitate it. Yeah. He tries his best to be like God, but it's such a counterfeit version of, you know, what he would want for us. So that was crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, it really is. And, you know, when you start to look at Margaret Sanger and when you start to see when the International Committee of Planned Parenthood kind of came and evolved, it was really around the... 48 50s right i mean she was talking about this eugenics and stuff like that earlier on but i find it really interesting that it's around that point because that's around world war ii after the you know the war all this kind of nazi ideology came about eugenics this this bloodline right this bloodline. um and so isn't it interesting how all of this starts to come to fruition right around this time really come to fruition around the 50s and this is what they've always been about. They've always been about this kind of, yeah, how do you identify it? What God says they do the opposite.
1: opposite absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it, it actually stuck out to me because your last podcast that you did with Nathan, he spoke about how, you know, you send men to war and look at what they do, right? They keep men busy. And even he spoke about like in with the israelites they did the same thing keep the men busy so you can't be with your wife there can't be this multiplication right it's the same exact thing that occurred and actually 1960 is when she um i believe that's the exact idea that she came up with the oral contraception which to this day you know it's still there and it a yeah. book. like it is i'm just so passionate about people understanding that Well, first of all, the concept of birth control, I mean, Amy, you tell me this, like, I'm just like, where do we believe that we get to control birth? Because do we control death? Do we have death control? Mm -hmm. No, it's not in our hands. That is something that is in the hands of God. Mm -hmm. It is not for us to control birth or death. And so even the means by which she came about teaching that you need to know about your, you know, control your fertility and God gave us an inherent structure, naturally, where we can be aware of when we're fertile and when we're not fertile. And I believe the biblical way of doing that is, and you know, this is, you can see even back in scripture, There's context of, you know, when Esther was getting ready for the king, they would bathe them in certain oils. that would almost put their fertility, per se, kind of at bay, but not stop. Right, there's nothing that it would do harmful, and it's almost as though it's working with your natural cycle, where like in your in what God created within your body in regards to being fruitful and you know whether or not you conceive it's not control, it's not that's not he didn't give us control of that, but he did give us awareness. So like, if you want a natural family plan, which I'm not sure if everyone knows what that is, but that's literally knowing your body, knowing, you know, based on certain signs and symptoms, whether you're ovulating and that's when you conceive, like, this is another thing. See, this is like such a, this blows my mind. If people understood that to ovulate and get pregnant, there's literally 24 hours within your entire monthly cycle that you can truly conceive there's one week that you're fertile solely because what comes from the male with the sperm is that the sperm can live in you for up to up to a week but um but you can only conceive for 24 hours when you, when you ovulate and drop an egg okay so it's an actual miracle every step of the way for an egg to become an embryo and a baby and to grow and to see that little, like I get, I have five kids and I still get my blown. Like I, pregnancy does not lose. It's like just amazing. Like just God's fingerprints in all of it. Every step of the way it doesn't, that's not lost on me. Even with five kids. Like I'm just blown away. Every time I see a baby, every time I hear hear a friend is pregnant and you just see like a a positive line on the test and then like nine months later there's a whole human right like it just blows me away that people don't understand it's literally miraculous every step of the way for a human to grow inside of you and he's given us an outlet where if you if you net if you are just like you know god i don't know if i could be a mom i don't know if i have it in me well you know he's given you like a natural way to know your body but at the same time if he says yes you're ready to be a mom it still allows that ability because you're not doing anything negative you're not putting anything harmful in your body that will make it you know not a suitable area for a baby to grow which is what birth control is birth control essentially kills off anything inside of your uterus that can be a home for this baby and make it a safe place and so the you know not only is it delaying your or stopping your ovulation but it's also making it just an inhabitable place it's not natural at all right and so it it wreaks havoc in your body because if if it's not made to be there it shouldn't be there and if my pushback on people who are like well so what do you expect me to just like get pregnant every two seconds well (laughs) number one you don't get pregnant every two seconds. I'm actually a living testimony of that because I have five kids. I do not take birth control. My last one so far just turned two years old and I'm still, I don't have another baby, right? Because yeah. God is who opens and closes the womb. That is not for us to do. And so, and then two, my next pushback is if you are so concerned about, you know, conceiving, he's given you natural ways to, followed the cycle with your body that are very clear, um, based on where you are in your cycle. And even in that, if, if he says that it is for you at that time, he can supersede whatever you are following and tracking in your body, right? Because he is sovereign and he is God. And so you give him that option instead of saying, I'm going to play God and control. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and it
0: works on both sides because you've got the giver of life. And then, of course, man is trying to control that. And you also got God is the one that takes life. And then man is trying to control that as well. And, you know, you find it so ironic with and you guys have to understand, Sam is very passionate about this topic, which is why I wanted her on here, because although we are talking about childbirth, Planned Parenthood, we will also be talking about miscarriages and singleness and not having children and what that looks like, because I know not everybody listening is married, has children. This might not be a, you know, per se on topic for you right now, but there's stuff you can learn because this is an agenda. You guys, this is what they're pushing. And so I'm glad you touched on that because there's a lot of, a lot of pushback, even with the abortion part, you know, it's really easy for people that are alive to say, Hey, this child should be dead. And they got to make it. They got to go through the nine months and have birth. And here they are standing saying this child shouldn't make it. How, how is that even fair? Right? Like so many arguments against that, but I want to talk on a little bit before we kind of push back into this topic is talk about how Hollywood plays into this. I mean, the first person that comes to mind with me is busy Phillips. And I know we were talking before and you're like, I have no idea who half these celebrities are. So that's (laughs) girl, you're going to have to talk about it. And I don't really know who they are either, but I do know this person and she is a front runner of feminism. She's a celebrity and she is out there pushing when the whole Roe v. Wade got overturned and all that was going down. She was on the front lines, just literally announcing the fact that her abortion she had, and I'm going to quote from her. She says. She owes all of her exce- success to having an abortion at 15. She says, I will never stop talking about my abortion or my periods or my experiences in childbirth um, or my ovulation that lines up with the moon. And she really credits her success to having an abortion. And so look at our youth. Maybe some of you look up to celebrities that are listening. They're really pushing this idea that having a child is going to cramp my style. It's going to impede my career. and you know, I was looking up some statistics, um, Pew Research from 2020 said that 57% of women that have abortions are in their 20s. And yeah, and those are the target people and the younger as well. But the target people that these celebrities in the media are trying to influence and trying to make it almost like glamorous that human life is is devalued. So
1: yeah, and that just that plays into like how that translates to the everyday woman is that they'll see that. And I hear so many stories of women who are like, yeah, I, I just wanted to make it in like corporate America before I settled down and got married and had a baby. And so I'm just going to work work, work till I get there. By the time they get there, you know, they're in their late thirties and now looking to get married and then they want to say, well, there's no good man around. And then, okay, they find a man they want to get married and now they're kind of coming to the point of like their forties, fertility naturally declines at that point. And then things begin, begin to get really hard, right? Because it's, you thought, oh, I could control my fertility. And when I'm ready, boom, I'm going to get pregnant. And then it doesn't work that way. And those are the, when I hear those stories, it just breaks my heart so much because that's literally what you just spoke about is the lie that they believe that I need to succeed before dot 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 else it will hinder me when I look to scripture, it's the exact opposite because literally all throughout scripture, when we read of blessings, specifically in regards to like you know a woman or just the fruit of your womb, a child in general in scripture is always referred to by God as a blessing, it's an absolute it's like favor from God, it is blessing upon blessing, whereas money we read as the root of all evil so look how they flipped it and it's like the people in the world money is what we go for and then oh yeah okay maybe maybe we'll have the child after like no they're they're like the evil right like they keep us from moving forward when it's like Mm. oh my gosh that's the enemy flipping what god has put in scripture everywhere they're a blessing no way do i read you know well in this circumstance the child is a hindrance to you in this circumstance no way and so you know it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah if you are looking to these celebrities and you know public people or anyway but the word of god you do you're easily misguided by truth is
0: It's true. No, you're absolutely right. And then you play in the whole depopulation agenda, like you were talking about, you play into eugenics and, you know, they don't want us to, to be fruitful and multiply. They want us to depopulate. And that's part of this big plan agenda. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. And so I just, I love what you said, because it really is this kind of Satan does imitate and infiltrate. He takes it and he flips it. And a baby is a blessing. And so I kind of want to move into, and we'll we'll kind of go back and forth with all of these topics, but yeah. you know, I really want you to share, Sam, about the story because you guys, Sam has five kids, but she's had many miscarriages. And I know that she's comfortable with me sharing that because we've talked beforehand. But there was one specific miscarriage that she had that was so powerful. And I really think it's going to give a lot of people just hope when you share this. So
1: it was a pretty recent one. Um so it was a couple months ago. And I remember, you know, having a dream, I woke up and it was such a vivid dream. And in my dream, I was pregnant. And, and then I gave birth, like I in my dream, I saw myself giving birth to a baby boy, they delivered him and um, soon after he was delivered he was rushed off for surgery and in my dream I was very confused and I I just was like what's happening and then the doctor was like you know your baby has a heart defect and um, he's gonna need surgery pretty much lifelong and I remember in my dream almost hearing God say you know this is why your child didn't live. Well, so I didn't understand that context at right. the time right? because so actually maybe I, let me put context. Okay. I woke up from a dream like, OK, the baby, the heart, what's going on there? And I was confused because I didn't even know I was pregnant. Oh, at that OK, OK. And so I had that dream and I took a test the next day. And that's when I almost felt like, OK, because I had had multiple and Amy kind of knows this too, 'cause she just, she's my girl. She rides through the highs and lows of all this. But like I, I had had multiple very early miscarriages in this season of nursing my last baby, because I've, I've just that's just how my body works. When I'm nursing, I actually do conceive. I know people say they usually don't, but I conceive. But I just can't carry the baby for whatever reason. Um, and usually when I stop nursing, I, I would conceive. And so I'd had multiple different early miscarriages but this one stood out because I had that dream and then the next day I woke up and I was like okay let me take a test am I pregnant like what was that all about and I took the test and it was positive and I kind of braced because I'm like I don't know if this is going to be another early miscarriage and then some days went by, I took another test, it was lighter. So I I was like, okay, here we go. It's gonna be an early miscarriage. And I started bleeding. And I remembered that dream. And um and I may be telling that out of order, because I don't remember. I remember sharing with you that I had taken the test, but I I don't I I don't know the exact order. All I know is as I had, I took that test, um, God brought back to memory the dream. So I couldn't remember the exact timeline. I probably should have pulled out my journal for this, but I remember speaking to my mom and just sharing like, you know, God brought this dream back to my mind that this baby, it's just, he knew, like he knew what was going to happen. Right. And with his life and it was a boy because Mm. i saw in my dream so vividly and um he knew that this life was going to be really really difficult and he was so gracious in showing me that what he doesn't always have to do this right we don't always get an answer like this but he literally showed me in my dream my sweet baby boy like i saw his face and um just the difficulty of what life would be like for him if he was born because of his heart the heart issue and I remember in my dream feeling the presence of God like and I didn't understand it at the time because I didn't have full context in it because I didn't even know I was pregnant um and it all made sense as I started to miscarry what that dream meant and then I even I think I shared this with you too Amy like I asked God because at that point I had had many early miscarriages um, with this last baby that, you know, while nursing her. And I asked God, I was like, like, why, why would you even, why would you let me even conceive so many times and miscarry so many times? Because you have to think I've been nursing my baby for two years, my fifth one, and I started getting positive tests. One month after giving birth to her, so yeah, I had been conceiving like, every couple months I want to say upwards of like eight times I had um conceived and then miscarried very early on, and I asked them, and I was like what you know like what's the point like why would you keep allowing me to to go through all of this high and low and he really really like the Holy spirit really ministered to my heart um when I when I sat in his presence and I just asked him like, why? Cause just in the brokenness of, you guys know what it's like. If you get a positive test, it's like you run down the road with yeah, the life. That yeah. It's not just like a positive. It's like you plan the whole thing the whole way. And so to go through that so many times, it was just, um, it seemed to be pointless, but then the Holy spirit showed me, you know, this, aspect of being fruitful and multiplying is not for only confined to this earth. You have to have it in a kingdom lens, right? And if our purpose is to be fruitful and multiply, to add to the kingdom of God, you absolutely do that even in a miscarriage. And so yeah, that was like that was like the Holy Spirit literally like dropped that on me. And I just started to sob because I was like, wow, like God is so purposeful with everything, even in the pain of a miscarriage. Like we have those babies that we, uh, they, they're just missing this broken world, right? They're missing the, mm-hmm. the brokenness of all of this, And they go straight to the kingdom of God where we all be. And, um, you're absolutely being fruitful and multiplying. And, you know, you have that to look forward to what I what I what I think of is um that verse, you shared with me before where it's, you know, no eye has seen and no air has heard what God has in store for you. And when I think of that, and I couple it with you know, people saying, well, is that even a, you know, real thing? Like, is that just something nice that you're seeing to hold on to hope that you'll see your baby? Um, it's, it's in scripture. Like if you look at in second Samuel where David um, realizes that his baby has died as a result of his affair, you read the the scripture actually says he's saying to his servants who are like, you know, why aren't you mourning or what are you, you know, you were mourning when he was alive, but now you were just eating as he's died. And he says, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. When we see that he can go to him. So he knows that he has his baby to look forward to in heaven. Yeah. and So he absolutely. Yeah. Babies that you have miscarried that, you may have aborted, like they go to heaven and you have no idea what God has in store for you to see. And that is you are being fruitful and multiplying, even in the brokenness of losing a baby, like you're fulfilling just the posture of your heart. Like even that command, sometimes people, women wear this shame, like, you know, I'm not being fruitful and multiplying. If I didn't have a baby here on earth and you desire so badly to be a mom and, and it doesn't happen. And but that's not even what it's about that command is the posture of your heart to be receptive especially as a woman to to what god has for your place on this earth to impact his kingdom and you absolutely are impacting his kingdom by allowing him to just be the one with his hand on your womb he's the one who opens and closes it right
0: yeah
1: and he so gives and all
0: takes that, away yeah, yeah
1: he does and yeah. And so all of that, like this, that 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 miscarriage was one that stuck with me because not only did I recognize that, man, he was just gracious in letting me see my baby's face in the dream and see what he was preventing him from a life of and knowing that, you know what, that is my baby. Like I'll meet him one day and have one along with the others that I would have miscarried and... That is the purpose of it. It's having this kingdom lens of impacting the kingdom. And yeah, I know it it's hard. It's really, really hard when you don't have them hair in your arms on this earth. Yeah. But everything that we do, everything is in context of the kingdom. And when the Holy Spirit made that shift in my in my thoughts and um man, that just rocked my world. Cause I was like, that's what it's about. It's not about you know, having a certain number of kids, or just all of these things, like being planned, right? Like planning out all everything, and in regards to when you want to have kids and how many, and when they're spaced apart, age, right? Like all it is is surrendering yourself to the Lord and allowing Him to recognize your posture of heart to just impact the kingdom. Cause that's what it's all about. if every single thing we do here on earth is for the kingdom or should be for the kingdom in context of that. Um, that's so-
0: Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that, Sam, because that I know is in and of itself is going to give <laughs> women that have miscarried and their heart is broken every time that baby does not come yeah. to its fullness if our and that's why Jesus said during his ministry he's like my he, my kingdom is not here don't think physically think spiritually think spiritually minded spiritually minded and when we do it shifts our whole perspective it shifts everything and if that's our goal as parents and that's a tough one because i remember going to this little church and and there was a little girl um oh my gosh i mean i just have to share this story because This is something I'll never forget. This little girl in this church had the biggest tumor on the side of her head. And I I think she was like six years old at the time, but she was going to the hospital and she was ministering to the doctors and the nurses. And Mm -hmm. she was, was talking to the doctors one day and she's like, I just want to thank you as they're like putting these needles in her head and all this stuff. And, um, She knew the day she was going to die. She she kept asking her parents, is it Tuesday yet? Is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? And then on Tuesday, she passed away. Well, I will never forget that funeral because the parents were not crying. The parents were not grieving. They were joyful because they knew their girl was in the kingdom with their savior. And I will never forget that because we have to be able to trust God with everything. And that means our kids, that means whether we have kids or we don't have kids. And when we shift our mind like that, then we can, we can proceed forward in this life and be okay. And I mean, I've shared with you before, Sam, my struggles. And, and I, I want to encourage people if you're single right now, or if you're trying to have kids or all you want is just to have kids. I resonate with you. That was me. All I wanted was children my, my whole life. I was like, I just want to have kids. I want to have kids. And, um, I tried everything short of IVF and I never was able to conceive a baby. And I have a stepdaughter now and I love her to death. I think of her as my daughter, but I will never forget this time when I was in ministry in Haiti and I was sitting in this little Haitian church and they were singing and it was in a different language. And I put my head down. It was during a time that I was really, really, really wanting a child. And I put my head down on the pew and it was almost like the Holy Spirit just like enveloped me and like time stopped. It was really an interesting moment. That's all I can. That's the only words I can describe it. It just felt like I was enveloped in like a cloud and like time stopped. And when I picked my head up, I looked to my right and there was this woman standing here with this little, she couldn't have been more than like, I don't know. You saw the baby. How old do you think she was like a a month?
1: Yeah, she was definitely new. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely new, right? Just a little little nugget. And yeah. this woman standing there, I never met her. I had no idea who she was. I lifted my head up and she hands me this baby. And I'm like, I just start sobbing because I'm like, God's going to answer my prayer. He's going to give me a child. Like, oh my gosh, you know I'm thinking, it was the most surreal moment and I remember in that time thinking, okay, Lord, I'm going to have a child. Like this is a sign from you. And years passed and I never had a child and I never had a child. And I remember during that time, really, really feeling angry at God, really feeling mad. Like, what did I do? You know, you have people that don't even want kids that are doing all these other things with kids. And I just want one. And I just remember the Lord speaking to me that verse. You just said, first Corinthians two, nine, no, I has seen no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. And it was in that moment that I felt a peace and a release. And I knew that I, there was going to be something for me in heaven that my child wasn't necessarily on this earth, but in the kingdom, there would be children for me. I knew it. and, And I can't, I can't tell you guys that where that's at in scripture. I just knew in my soul and my spirit, that that was what God had told me. And I just, I want to encourage you guys with that. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. This is a short passing by. This is a temporary holding place, guys. God has things planned for us that we don't even know about. Yeah. That's so powerful. Amen. And
1: you know that actually, this is a thought that just like dropped on me right now, but that verse resonates as well, because when you think of birth control, what it does essentially is it stops the ability to even conceive, right? You don't even ovulate. And so that doesn't even happen. But a lot of times, if you're not on birth control, people who have had early miscarriages, kind of like what I was talking about, you know, the medical world calls it a chemical pregnancy, I hate that term and I always tell the docs to listen, that was my baby. That was just an early miscarriage. So don't refer to it as a chemical pregnancy. But point is, what just dropped on me and what dawned on me is many times, because they'll tell you, the doctors will tell you, oh, this happens all the time. So many women, they don't even know they're pregnant because it's so early on that they miscarry. Because it's like very soon after your you know, period would be due that you start to bleed and... Um, They're like, so this is common, like this happens all the time. And I, I, this never clicked, but it just clicked for me right now. Absolutely, there is this aspect of when we trust God with our womb, you know, we don't even know the babies that we are reproducing. We don't even know the fruitfulness that's in our womb most of the time, because those early miscarriages are very, very common. And so when you think of... What David said, I can go to him, but he can't come to me. They are, they are there. We are going to them when we get to the kingdom. And what birth control would do is it stops that even in the womb. So not does it only stop you having a baby here on earth, but it's stopping even the reproduction of a life in your womb, the ability for that to even occur. So you're preventing who's going to the kingdom. Yeah, right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, because there's a, we can never explain all of these, you know, early miscarriages or whether you know, you don't have a baby, and we can't explain all of these things. But what we know is when we trust God with our life, He turns things to good. Mm-hmm. And along those lines, it's like even when you don't have a baby, you don't even know you don't know the, you know, the, the, the ways that you just, you don't know when you conceive and you could have miscarried thinking, Oh, it's just another period. Oh, it's just another period. Oh, it's another month. I didn't have a baby. It's another but I can, I know my body so well now I know when it's an early miscarriage versus like my period, but most people don't, you're just not away. If you're not kind yeah. of, you know, and so, There's so much life being brought forth, even when we don't have them in our arms and they're going to the kingdom. We're adding them to the kingdom. We're doing the work that God has called us to do as women. And we're being fruitful and multiplying, even if we think our arms are empty, but the enemy is so slick. He wants to come in and just completely cancel that, like make your womb cold to life. And the fruitfulness that god intended whether they are straight directly to the kingdom or in your arms like that's the enemy's plan is to completely thwart that and shut it down and that's what birth control does it completely makes your womb hostile and not only that but you don't even conceive so it's preventing the babies who would be going straight to the kingdom even if it were an early miscarriage. Right. Isn't that, that like, is,
0: that's mind blowing because essentially what, like, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but, I, but what I think I hear you saying is we, every single time we miscarry, whether we know it or not, whether it's an early, like it just goes out with our period, what have you, sorry, if this is a little bit graphic, you guys, <laughs> but, but, it's like,
1: this is- but you
0: get it. This is yeah. life. This is life. So essentially that egg is, is a child it's life.
1: Yeah, and it is going.
0: Yeah, it's going well, it's to embryo. Gingham.
1: Yeah, yeah, because not. I'm not talking about. So there's your period where you really are just shedding. Yeah, your lining. But there are okay. many times where you conceive, and that baby just does not implant well for whatever reason. It might right. And that's what you saying, matters, right? That's yeah. what I, many of those. And I know. I mean, even doctors acknowledge that. This is like so common for women that they don't even like they didn't even pay me any mind because they're like, this is normal. Like this happens all the time to women. And I'm like, why does nobody tell us this? But but they wouldn't tell you that because if you knew that and you take birth control, right, it's completely killing that it's flat, flatlining it totally. And when you see it with, you know, eyes for the kingdom, you recognize that that's life that yeah. even, they may not have ended up in our arms. You know, they would have been going straight to the kingdom, but this birth control is preventing you from even having this embryo be created. Right. Because I get it. And- I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mind blowing. Like that's mind blowing because essentially when we get to the kingdom, when we pass on, whether Jesus returns or we get, or we, we pass away here on this, on this side of heaven, yeah. Imagine going into heaven and you're seeing all these children that you, you like, you're like, oh my gosh, you, you, those you. Are yours?
1: <laughs> yes. And you had no idea because yeah. you had these early massages and you thought it was just your period. But right. no, that was, a no, I, I has seen, right? I like, know. you, you, you got
0: to hold on to that. That's a, yeah. you know what? I hope this is giving somebody hope right now because those are the promises that we got to bank on to. And you know what? I don't care. I just want to hold on to that hope because I want to believe that my God is bigger than what my finite mind can handle. And, and that's what we have to understand you guys, just because we feel the grief and the heartache in this temporary moment, there is eternity that God has prepared for us that we don't even, can't even fathom in our mind. And so I hope this sets someone free just from the pain that they feel because- Uh it is a deep pain and I, and I, I don't want to, and I know you don't want to undermine that, that deep hurt. Um, you know, it personally and, um, you know, when you think about, I have a lot of clients that come to me and I want to talk about, you know, kind of the deliverance aspect of it because you're just so knowledgeable with that. Um, having been raised up in that with your mom and dad and, you know, you're just, you're just a wealth of knowledge with this praise God. So, Um, But you think about abortion and, and you guys know this, that God is just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we confess to him, he does not want you carrying that burden around our secrets keep us sick. I have had so many clients who have confessed an abortion and the pain they've carried from that for way too many years. And when they confess it, there is such a freedom that comes there. There's such a relief and, um, know that, know that is, is, you know, available for you. Um, I was, I was talking with Sam and her mom had shared a story with us and I want to, I want to share it because it's really powerful. So Sam's mom, Michelle, life and life ministries, um, amazing woman, her and her father. And, um, but her mom, Michelle really ministers to the deep hurts, the deep traumas that people walk through in Trinidad and Tobago is where they, where they are. And um, she shared this story with Sam and I, and I, I want to share it with you guys listening, because I think this is really powerful and I think it will make an impact on you, but she was discipling a woman and this woman was carrying around this really deep trauma, this really deep pain of having an abortion. And she had been in a, a relationship that wasn't a good relationship. And so she, um, found herself, you know, with the child and she somehow found herself in the, ba- in the bathroom. And I don't know the transpiring of how this came about in this bathroom, but in the bathroom, the baby she was. went to
1: the abortion clinic for the, Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she did. The, the okay. boyfriend at the time had forced her to, so yeah.
0: Okay. So she was actually at the abortion clinic when she was, well,
1: lived- yes. And then they send you home with, um, like a pill to take. And so you pass the baby.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. So she, so she passes the baby and the baby, you know, goes into the bath, the toilet. And she had this pain though for so long and it was just so much. And, um, she was with Michelle in this session and they were, you know, praying and discipling And, and Michelle said to her, she said, let's just ask Jesus. Let's pray. Let's ask him to take you back to that time. And only the Holy spirit can do this, right? Like this is all led by the Holy spirit, but she said, she let's go back to that time. Let's, let's talk it through with the Lord. And, um, she confessed and she said, you know, she was so sorry. And, um, and as they continued in this session, she, she said, you know, let's pray. Let's ask the Holy spirit to, to show us where Jesus was at this time. And, um, And so she's praying quietly. They're both praying quietly. It's just the two of them. Their eyes are closed. They're both praying. And God allowed this woman to see with her eyes closed that Jesus was holding that baby, that baby. And she, at that moment, Michelle said she was able to release this pain and this guilt that she had carried along for so long because of what she had done to this child. This deep pain left her. And Mm -hmm. he came, you know, we talk about this, we talked about this on our deliverance podcast, but why did Jesus come to heal the brokenhearted? What's the soul? It's the mind, will, and emotions. It's the mind, it's the will, it's emotions. It's all of this. And in this time, you know, the baby, the baby was taken, the baby was taken into heaven with Jesus. And she was privileged by the holy spirit to be able to see that with her eyes closed and the pain left her and it meant forgiveness and it meant in an instant she could be healed and i just thought that was such an amazing story because i know so many women that i counsel with it's such a deep pain it's such a deep hurt that where did my child go where did what did i do
1: you know it's it's that broken heartedness that broken hearted aspect where in the hebrew we know that the heart actually literally means mind and so that woman would have been just so oppressed in her mind because that little piece would have broken off in that in that trauma that she experienced with um you know aborting her baby and so it's jesus like isn't that so powerful to think that he literally in scripture says he's come to heal the brokenhearted mm. that quite literally means heal your mind and she saw him receiving the baby as she lost the baby. And yeah. in that moment, her mind was healed and she can live in the freedom of all the things he has said. Once you ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, that's just so powerful.
0: Yeah. And now, I mean, she was a Christian, right? This yeah. woman, yeah. but she needed deliverance still from this deep yeah. pain.
1: Right. So t-
0: talk about that part because that's, yeah. that's the part that people miss they're like well i'm a christian you know all this i don't need deliverance but what is she being delivered from
1: yeah well i mean that aspect if we're talking about deliverance and what jesus says he's come to do when we talk about brokenheartedness right that spans across a lot of things i mean we would naturally in the english language think oh okay it's my broken heart but that's not He didn't mean that. It's like, it's, it's, he's literally come to heal your mind because of various things that have occurred in this instance. We're talking about abortion and it's caused trauma and her mind has like, it's lost a little piece. It's fragmented. And that's where the enemy kind of swoops in and has a hold on you. Right. And you live in bondage to him rather than in the fullness of the freedom of Christ. And this is separate to us acknowledging and knowing that if we died we're going to have one because we have we christians we're living for the lord right but you could be a christian living in complete bondage and living in complete defeat and hopelessness and that's the enemy his his little dig on you and his just kind of foothold in your life as scripture puts it that you are succumbing to because you're not understanding that you have the authority and the power through Jesus Christ to break those strongholds. And so when we speak of deliverance, we're not speaking of, you know, this person who's just lost their mind and, you know, just can't find need deliverance in areas of literally just throughout your life, throughout childhood, things that would have happened, or as you've, Um, grown and I don't know various things that you experience in your marriage or traumatic events anything we all need to be delivered and sanctified and it's this continual process where the Holy Spirit will reveal to you where these footholds are and so that's what essentially you know mom would have done with her and she I spoke to mom and she gave really good um, just encouragement with You know, specifically, we're talking about just the deep brokenness and hurt of what you carry after an abortion, right? Which is not what God wants you to live in. And I think sometimes we would want to punish ourselves because it might seem like the Christian thing to do, quotation marks. Like if I did such a bad thing, I need to suffer the pain of it for the rest of my life. But that is so the opposite of the gospel, it's why the gospel is literally translated the good news. It's good. It's good. And you know, we don't deserve it, but we get to have it because of Jesus. And so there's absolutely hope in restoration and living in the freedom that Christ has for you after something as painful as an abortion. And, you know, um, we know that we can't talk to the dead, right? So you can't, You can't go and talk to your baby. And, but what you can do is you, you sit there and you talk, you ask Jesus to talk to the baby for you and you, you tell him everything you want that baby to know. And he absolutely can speak to that baby for you. And then, you know, it's, she said, it's, it's, it's this aspect of recognizing, even declaring with your mouth because the enemy can't read your mind. Right. So you say out loud, say these things out loud, you know, what you want Jesus to speak to your baby and also just speaking out loud that you are living like you no longer are succumbing to the bondage mm-hmm. of what the enemy would want you to live under and that you are forgiven and you are redeemed and that he has paid the price on the cross and the the blood that he shed, his innocent blood, has transferred and covered your child's innocent blood and has taken that place and your child is in heaven and the enemy no longer has the power over you to keep you oppressed and burdened and hopeless and in this place of complete shame and guilt where you cannot even be the person that God has called you to be here on earth and fulfill the call that he has on your life because you are living in the heaviness of that burden and so you say these things out loud and you speak it out loud to the enemy his you're walking in your authority and you break any 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 um stronghold that he has on you anything that you're feeling whatever it might be depression anxiety whatever has stemmed from this traumatic event you break agreement with those things out loud and you renounce it and you tell the enemy who jesus says you are Mm. you walk in that in that freedom and redemption and um you know something that she even said was really helpful because these are real stories and you know we know that there's people listening who this resonates with because this is This is your reality. You feel this and you want to be set free from it, but you don't even know like how, what do you even do? Right. Um, Something that's even helpful is you take time with the Holy spirit, because this is, this is all Holy spirit lad guys. This is not something that a person can do for you. However, God can use a person to be there standing in prayer with you and kind of guiding you through in that regard. But you spend time with the Holy Spirit and write a letter to your baby and even name your baby. I've even done this with my miscarriages. I've I've had dreams after. very. I shared one with you all and there's others where God has given me dreams. And I knew that this was the name that the Lord wanted for that child. And even though I didn't have it in my arms, I named that baby. Wow. And it's the same thing. your Your baby is alive and well in heaven. And you, you name that baby and write this down in a letter and, you know, read it out loud and give it to the Lord, speak to Jesus, have him relay that to the baby and, and release it. There is this peace that the Holy Spirit will allow you to feel because as that stronghold or foothold from the enemy in your mind breaks off, the Holy Spirit will fill that place and give you complete wholeness and peace and restoration. And that is what the Lord wants for you. He does not want you to live in the condemnation of what has occurred because then his sacrifice would be for nothing. Yeah. In vain. Yeah. 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 And
0: that's, I mean, so well said. I, I love that how, and and Sam's right. I mean, you know, you hear people talk, we talk about familiar spirits and you talk about like um, necromancy and that's, you know, an abomination to the Lord that's trying to speak to the dead, but I love how you said, you know, go to the Lord, go to Jesus, ask him on your behalf to, to, to speak to your child. I think that's really beautiful. And and I love that. Um, and I mean, why can't he, (laughs) he's God, you know, hello?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think that's awesome. And, you know, you think about, uh, James, chapter five, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth availeth much. And this is part of this too. If you, if this is something, if maybe there's an area in your life, maybe it was an abortion, maybe it was just a deep pain from a miscarriage, or maybe it's the deep pain of not having children. I resonate with that. But guess what? Go to somebody that you trust and you love and someone who's a mature Christian. Maybe that's your spouse. Maybe that's a a, a friend or a mentor and tell them, confess to them because the Bible tells us there's healing there. There's healing yeah. there when you, your secrets keep you sick. And so God's like, I have plans for you. Yeah. I have plans for you and I have something prepared for you that you have no idea about rest assured in that that is hope right there. There's hope to be healed. There's hope for what God has planned for us. And, you know, we, I like to end the podcast on hope. And I think that this is hope. I mean, would you add anything to that, Sam?
1: I mean, I would just add the perspective that in the, in the grand scheme of what we have, like earth us here on, you know, where he has us is like, I wish you could see my fingers in the podcast, but it's like a small measurement of the entirety of eternity. And so even in the brokenness of whatever it is that you're walking through right now, you know, it's like a blip compared to when we get to eternity and you do, you get welcomed by all those children that you either miscarried or had an abortion um and all the brokenness that you felt like that's an eternity of restoration and like celebration and life that has been there that you have been fruitful and multiplying on earth even if you haven't seen it in your hands seen that baby in your hands they're there and they will greet you and like if we could only picture like what this is what we know Like we have no idea, like we cannot even imagine what eternity in the kingdom is like. And so my encouragement, my hope would just be to remind you guys, like the kingdom of God is so real and he has you here for a purpose, on purpose, and everything that he will have you do will be to either draw you closer to him so that he can be glorified. Or that you can be used to draw others to him, to his mm. kingdom, because at the end, his kingdom is where we all long to be. And for eternity, it will like, we can't even understand what that's gonna mean for the brokenness and the hurt and all of these situations that we feel the heaviness of like he is going to redeem it all, and we cannot even imagine just like amy said with that verse like no eye has seen no ear has heard like we cannot even imagine what he has in store for us yeah. so just keep going everything that you're going through no matter how painful it is put it in context of the, of a kingdom lens and understand that Jesus came so that he could set you free from that hurt from the brokenness from whatever it is you're carrying and that entire situation put it all in context of the kingdom and just remember that that's our hope it's and it's a great one it's a great one so
0: it is it is and i love how you said that i think that's perfectly stated and you guys sam is so wise and so discerning and i i know she's she's like oh girl but i mean it i truly mean it and she's so humble um she's just, she's a good friend and she has ventured out and she's created this amazing product. It's a, a book that she's created for, for women, single, whatever stage you're in, in life and how to be a biblical woman, how to live a life that is pleasing to God. And I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about that before we go? Cause it's, it's yeah. really cool. I like it.
1: First of all, I'm really humbled by everything you said. I, I, I don't even know how to receive that all glory to to God for all of that. Um, But definitely, you know, the book, I think it's something where I really wanted to touch on. So this very thing we're talking about, right, where you can maybe struggle with, Okay, I'm a woman. I didn't have a baby. And what does that even mean for me? Like a lot of people get caught up in um, the call right? The call might be, okay, you're in marriage, you're called to marriage, you're a wife, or you're a mother, you had a baby, you're called to motherhood. And they forget that it's the purpose, like we are here for our, our sole purpose is to draw close to the father. And so all those different things, different roles, different titles, they are means by which the Lord can grow us to him, close to him. And so I really wanted this book to be something that reminds you that who you are in Christ is what everything comes down to and your purpose. Don't lose sight of your purpose, no matter what your call is. And not only like, you know, there's a lot, I think a lot in scripture that you can pull from and um that is biblical womanhood is living out the scripture today in this, in this life. Um, but there's also practical ways like the the book's going to touch on kind of a lot of things. We'll, we'll go deep into theology in some chapters and then other chapters will just be, you know, okay, what's something that you can do to really bring joy into your home or to enjoy your children. Like if we're speaking to mothers at that point, um, or even, you know, what does sing singleness look like for the kingdom? While you're waiting, if you're waiting for a husband or just each season, there is purpose. And I always want to remind people of the purpose rather than the call, right? Because when we remember the purpose, the difficulties of the call become less. And you remember the context for the kingdom. And so Mm -hmm. the book kind of touches on a little bit of, we're going to go deep. We're going to come, yeah, we're going to come back and just you know, talk about practical ways of, um, finding joy in your home and serving your husband and your kids and just everything. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of everything. It is, I think, yeah, biblical womanhood would be a good that. way just cover yeah. the stage of, of that. So you
0: guys got to check it out because it's, but what I love too, is like, I love an action plan. I'm always like, I need an action plan. Okay. You give me all this, I need some hope and I need an action plan. And and that's what your each chapter builds off each other. Eight dollars. I mean, anybody can afford eight dollars and you build off of it. But there's an action plan at the end. There's prayers to say there's a place where you can write down where is there unforgiveness in my heart? It's like a workbook almost um, the way she's kind of structured it. And so it's a great resource. You guys, I will link that down in the caption. Definitely check it out. Sam, I'm just. I think this is a great podcast. I hope this brought a lot of hope and I just appreciate you friends. We're going to have to do it again. So keep your internet strong and your microphone warm because (laughs) we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to be coming back to bring some more, some more biblical hope, but I hope you guys appreciated this and we will see you next time.